Biggest Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here and today I'm joined by one of the most talented guys I've had the pleasure of watching the ring Um, he's definitely growing and uh getting stronger and more impressive day by day man i'm very happy <laughs> to have the shade on this show what's up shade man hey hey how you doing i'm doing good how are you man uh well what is it about 115 nowadays out here in the desert so <laughs> yep part of my trunk thing like melted off last night i said dang it's that hot okay wow okay <laughs> Well, um, you know, that's that's one of the reasons uh, we live out here is for the great weather and the brutal summers, I guess. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, what what got you interested in pro wrestling, man? I, you know, it's, it's very interesting sometimes to me to hear. I know it's kind of commonplace, but to hear people's backgrounds of falling in love with wrestling. Uh, so mine was uh, at the age of eight. Uh, we we're doing fireworks outside for Fourth of July, and I knew wrestling was on. Like I, I had it programmed in my head. I could tell, like even with the same time, if it's this dark outside, if it's this light outside, one of these shows is. I had this programmed in my head. So while we we're doing fireworks, I I told I'd go tell my friends I have to go to the bathroom. I'd run inside SmackDown. Well, this time I got caught watching the Undertaker beat people up. And, like, it hooked me so bad that when my dad walked in, he goes, what the hell are you doing? I'll watch The Undertaker, Dad. He goes, we're doing fireworks. And I told you, I've, t- I've told you not to watch this before. Yeah. Uh, so after we finished the fireworks, he, he, he came back inside. He goes, what draws you to want to watch this so much? I was like, The Undertaker makes beating people up look, look fun. I want to do that. If I, if, if I can get in fights and not get RPC, not get, did not get expelled, not get any, any lashings or whatever you, whatever you want to call them, and right. get paid for it, yeah. I want to do. That. And my dad was like, no. And so he would go as far as to ban certain channels at certain times of the day. I know you could do that back then, but he would do that. And then I, as at as at a garage sale, I saw this little TV radio combo. Uh, and it has CW uh, Las Vegas on it, so I can still watch some wrestling. And like, Dad, he 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 finally caught me, but he couldn't take it away from me because because I rightfully earned it. He said like because I, I paid for it, right? But he kind of put me in in contact sports, so he put me in football. And at that time, I was big, so I put my offensive line, but I always get called for holding. <laughs> so so then they tried soccer, and that was just too much running for me at the time. We even tried basketball. Couldn't make a if, if my life depended on it. Like I was Shaq everywhere, not just at the free throw, everywhere, blown layups, all of that horrible. And then like suddenly, like not well, eventually, uh, like started to like get away from wrestling, and I got better at football because because I finally finally put me on defense so I could hit somebody without getting the penalty. But it was always in the back of my head, and I was like, one day I'm still gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. And now I'm doing it. <laughs> That's you know it's a it's a fascinating perspective because a I love the fact that you were able to train yourself to know when wrestling was on, and then also having to sneak it in is brilliant. I I also find what's funny to me is when I got into wrestling, I was right around about ten years old ish, um, and my like my love of it translated into well there's a junior wrestling team let's wrestle you know and so it was kind of the same thing it's like instead of you know going the contact sports way it was like well he likes wrestling there's this junior team and then you know the shock of when you're ten years old and you get in, it's like wrestling mats on the floor. You got to wear yeah. headgear and shit. It's like, oh my god, this is. But it was fabulous because I think one of the biggest things, and I think this is true 
when you are a talent as well. You see in your mind what you envision something as. So even mm-hmm. those wrestling mats and stuff, you know, between all the kids who followed wrestling who were in this group of kids, it was like we were actually wrestlers, man. You know, we understood the concept and the difference between what you, you're doing. But as a kid, that's, you know, you're projecting, hey, and I love that you said in football, they finally put you on defense so you could hit people because that's it. Like in your mind, you're this superhero, man. You can do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's cool. Um, where did you, where did you decide to, go in terms of training wise how hard was it for you to find a place to train so um in 2016 i was still out processing from from the military and i was like what the hell do i do with my life like yeah in the military i thought i'd be there longer but scoliosis popped up so that that no longer on the table i was like what do i do like i want do something physical still like I, i'm still young i still want to get like do this thing so i was scrolling through instagram and uh i saw my friend eugene palmer he had posted a video of hollow point wrestling at this time i didn't i hadn't never met hollow point and i was like well there's still well i still like wrestling i'm like this is in vegas like uh, like it was outdoor like in the behind it you could see the stratosphere so i like i knew sure. somewhere in vegas sure so i was like let me message this hollow point dude. See what, see what he knows. I was like, I messaged him and like, I was like, Hey, I saw a video of you wrestling. Uh, give me more details on that. And he goes, no, but if you want to come to a show, we have a, uh, a free show. It's called, um, fan mania. It was a free show. Cause I guess WrestleMania was happening in LA at the time. I'm assuming. So they had like all these, all the companies were coming in trying to do shows as close to Cali as possible. Sure. So I went there, I sat front row, and I'm just watching this. The show, I was like, this is easy. Like, I could do that. That? I'm not going to the top, but I can do that. <laughs> and uh, right after the main event, um, Sin Bodhi <laughs> grabbed the And when I saw him grab the mic, like, I knew he looked familiar, but I just couldn't put, like, where, where I know, know him from. But I knew him as Kazani or whatever. Right. And he, and he, they had said, if you want to check out for professional wrestling, we have a class tomorrow, six, come check it out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself a week. If I don't love it, I'll move on. So I showed up at Big Valley. Sin was there. Uh, Benny was there. Ricky Tenacious, Beast the Butcher. And they beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, not them physically, but like the bumps hitting the ropes. Mm-hmm. I thought my whole life I knew how to fall correctly. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, you know, what's interesting too, and I, I uh, uh, when I've watched Sin teach, one of the things that I really appreciate is the fact that Sin and I both trained around the same time you know the late 90s early 2000s so we still had that like you know you're outside of the ring you do you know himalayan squats and you know you get on the exercise bike you're doing something to help yourself while you're maybe not in the ring and then the drills you know it's like everything that you went through from Mm -hmm. learning from you know from those guys it's something that i think gets lost nowadays sometimes you know a lot of times it's um i mean they don't sometimes they don't even train guys to bump right so and (laughs) man that's the scary part (laughs) right you know and, and that's the funny thing is is that you look at it like um if we get in the ring together, what you're trying to do is you're trying to A, make that person look good, and B, you're trying to be as real but as safe as possible. And I think that, you know, even though I loved uh, ECW 
and I love watching, you know, the the Japan death matches. And, you know, being in L.A. in the early 2000s, I love Supreme and what he would do. But at the same time, they all were trained. They all knew what they were doing for the most part. There's probably 5% yeah. of them that just, you know, didn't really know what they were doing and were more violent than anything else. But you could still tell a story. And I think that that sometimes gets lost. The hard work and the storytelling is the basis for a good career. And what I'm seeing from you is I'm seeing the, you know, the fundamentals there. And now you're having fun. And I love that, man. You you found a little niche in terms of fitting in with verses, um, you know, fitting in with Big Valley and fitting in with FSW. You're covering the whole territory here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And you're still growing, man. It's amazing. How are you how are you able to keep yourself um in that type of conditioning uh to where you're also you know, you're growing physically. I mean, the 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 muscle that you've put on in the last year is amazing. You know. So, how are you able to, you know, uh, focused on bettering yourself so that professionally you're also getting better. Um, so when COVID like fully hit and everything shut down, I was at home. I was watching some of, some of my at that time the recent matches, but I was like just critiquing the crap out of myself because sure. to this day I, I don't like any of my matches. To this day, <laughs> I'm my own risk trainer, like like for real, for real. Yep, and I'm, I'm like. I can't come back to this looking like this. So I told myself, I don't know when wrestling will be back. I just know if I look like this, if I weigh the same, I look like this, I need to stop. So that in itself, like motivated me to get in the gym and start working out. Yeah. And so when I that, it became like a constant thing to where like, it wasn't, I had to remember to go to the gym is I wake up, I go to the gym, which I still do today. And with that, it kept me going and going. And then when wrestling came back with all three companies, I was already in the go, go, go mode. And like now I'm just like auto-tuned to that. Sure. Like like the, the, on, on the 18th, I got the um, FSW, FSW mm-hmm. anniversary uh, show. And then the following, like the rest of that weekend, I'm everywhere. <laughs> well... And, and and that that includes uh you know uh the uh June twentieth you're in Cali and it's uh, uh a fundraiser for um you know I think it was it's LG it's LGBTQ um as right. as well as on the twenty sixth out here in Vegas you're on uh Big Valley show where you're finally wrestling Jay Vidal, which yeah. that could that man the potential <laughs> the potential of you two it's it's mind blowing um so you know with with that and and with there being so much you know it's an anniversary show for FSW it's these uh charity shows for um the LGBTQ community it's so Juneteenth show oh yeah yeah well yeah and then smack in the middle of everything is yeah June Juneteenth um when you look at finally, you know, kind of getting a little bit of the spotlight and a little bit of the focus and a little bit of the um, the broader experience, um, and then you think of guys like Bay and Cross and Lacey, um, you know, who have just, you know, been signed and are tearing it up on, you know, the shows that they're working. Do you see the potential for this work over the next you know, two months or so leading up to you taking an opportunity to um, do the tryout for the WWE when SummerSlam is here. Definitely. Um, That is my goal. So that got announced yesterday, I believe. Yeah. I woke up to people tagging me in it, sending it to me and all this stuff on every social media. I was like, okay, I'll get it done. I was like, get it done. done." And it just kept happening throughout the day. And I was like, this is a shot I've been looking for. It's coming here. I have no excuse but to give it my all. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exciting, man. I think that those opportunities, and it's like, it's preparation meets opportunity. And um, the the coolest thing is that if you look just within the last three years, the company has been more open to hiring guys who aren't, you know, six, seven, and 300 pounds. And you're looking at the also what they're doing with um with african americans nowadays the black culture is starting to get representation finally and it just seems like that this is the time strike while the iron's hot because you have a Mm -hmm. chance to be you know potentially one of those trailblazers um do you does it ever occur to you that these opportunities that you get now you might not have gotten 10 years ago because of the fact that there was still a closed-mindedness to you know everything other than big white males wrestling right um yeah so i find it fortunate that it's happening at a time like this um i obviously wish it would have happened earlier for people before me yeah, but like now, now is the time to take hold of it and and make something of it, make some make something bigger of it. Um, do you, how how much of an influence has uh, Beast been to you? Um, you know, working with him at versus has it been, you know, an, a, a brotherly or a fatherly or a uh, like? What kind of experience have you had? You know, working with uh, the Beast over there. A whole bunch of different, like, like it, it's all been great. I, I've started with them since two, back in 2016. I've been with them ever since, and like, I know I've I've come with with some dumb, dumb, dumb questions before. And he gave me answers I didn't want to hear, but he taught it to me straight. Um, and then like nowadays, I'll, I'll hear people asking questions, and I'll just start chuckling in my head, like, Haha, I've been, I've asked him that. Or people will ask me questions and he'll hear it and he just looks at me like. <laughs> but, well, let me, you know, because, you know, some of the fans who might be uh, listening who aren't familiar with um, what Beast has accomplished as a musician is very interesting because he already had showmanship before versus was started is that is that something that kind of rubbed off on you and how hard was it for you coming from a military background to you know because in the military you're uniformed man you're focused and this is it but in the world of entertainment especially in sports entertainment boy you gotta have that flair man and you've got it from the hair down to your toes man (laughs) How hard, yeah, how hard uh, was it? And, and did Beast have a little influence on you? It was very, very hard. So what many people don't know is I'm currently the third shade gimmick that I've created. Because um, the first one, um, I was partnered up with Shaggy McLovin, and we were doing uh, like a stoner hippie groupie gimmick where he was a stoner and I was just the groupie. And like, it was all right, but it wasn't it. And then he put me in singles for a little bit with, uh, and then I, I did a storyline with Tommy Purr and Gary Galaxy. That didn't go over too well. <laughs> and at training, he told me, he goes, I, you have it, but you're in your, but you've created this shell. I need you to break this shell. We can't do much until you break this shell. And half, and the reason why I had this shell was because from the military, like they told you what you're doing. Yeah. So here I am out of the military, still in that mindset of like, all right, I'm just going to do whatever they tell here and then there's one time at training um he had me want he, he wanted me to work heel in a training match and the ref counted it to two and it got kicked out and i, I guess that the egg cracked because i looked at the ref i was like hey you have no rhythm brother what is you doing and wes stopped the whole match he goes that that that's what you need to be he goes what was that uh <laughs> He goes, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, 
what do you do outside of wrestling? Make fun of people. He goes, just do that. Just yeah. do that. He goes, I see that you're trying to force yourself to be something that you're not comfortable with. Just be you. And then out, since he said that, it's been off to the races. Like, oh, all right, bet. <laughs> yeah, serious. I know it's it's very interesting too. Um, Marquez, Dave Marquez, um, just a, a day or two ago, uh, had a tweet that was very interesting along kind of these lines, and that was, "Hey, guys, who who are in the Atlanta area who are, you know, submitting for." Uh, championship wrestling Atlanta that he's starting up if you're a soldier everyone is being a soldier right now and it's like all these guys who are ex-military the natural instinct is to go into camouflage and become the soldier character which is good for some it works really well but if you're finding yourself like you were in a position of you're trying to develop a character. First good thing is you weren't put in that direction. West didn't say, well, you're a soldier. Let's make you a, a military guy and blah, blah, blah. And number two, you've broken the mold on that, uh, that aspect of you're able to use social media very well to progress yourself and i think that's something that um a lot of guys use social media for showing their spots you know and just hey you know here's i got this show and i did this and that's pretty much what you get for a lot of guys with you we get a beautiful look at you know just this flamboyancy that i don't think enough guys use nowadays when you, you know, when you think of, of guys like Adrian Street and uh, Jesse Ventura, um, you know, just that, even to to extent what um, what Velveteen Dream was doing, right? It's, it's just wonderful to see your extension of confidence in what you've created in your character. How hard is it for you to keep up <laughs> that pace of you know putting out? you know, social media stuff so that people are buying into the gimmick because you yourself are buying into it. So, uh, it was kind of hard during quarantine cause I wasn't doing shows. So I wasn't able to like post videos of me traveling somewhere. And I was like, what can I post still to keep myself relevant, keep my name out there. And I was like, I can just bring y'all into my life a little bit. Like I can show y'all different Different, a different side of me that you guys don't see in the ring, which is kind of the same thing, just with more clothes on. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I'll start making these funny TikToks. I'll incorporate wrestling into them here and there, or I'll do a duetted TikTok. Like I've done duet TikToks with Mikey O'Shea, Austin Hunter, uh, Kemi Kai. And I was like, so I can keep doing this. It's, it's still me being me. I'm just not in a wrestling ring doing it. Right. I personally feel that a lot of wrestlers on social media, they only are wrestlers. Like they don't exactly show themselves having fun. They don't show themselves doing other hobbies. Like, like wrestling isn't a hobby to, to me or to most people, but some it is. Right. But the, everyone has an outlet outside of what they normally do. Right. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, because I think you hit it on the head too. It's, you know, uh, I think it, not only on social media, but just in general too. If you walk through the curtain, there's, you know, if you're if you're going out of that curtain and you don't have some intention, if you're just walking out to wrestle a match. Why should anyone invest in you? As the same on social media. It's like if all you're doing is giving a, a highlight and a date of where you'll be, what good is that for you? Because you're not, you're not engaging the fans. And that's mm -hmm. another thing you've been able to do very well is that I think that the fans in Vegas have really 
he accepted you as you know one of their favorites because of the fact that you are engaging and that you do things without uh, without a second guess. You have you have a confidence there that actually has grown as you've grown. Do you think that in thinking of where you can go, do you think that for you? that level of confidence is making it easier for you to potentially, you know, have guys in New York, guys in Canada, guys in, you know, Oregon look at you and go, yeah, we want to use shade. Um, even to the point of, uh, you know, a lot of guys are getting opportunities with uh, Generation Championship Wrestling down in Florida. Um, Remy's mm -hmm. been there recently. Funny Bone's been there. Um, Maserati's been there. Is that something you see yourself doing in terms of the next phase of your growth? Is getting more exposure in other states and possibly other countries like Mexico and Canada? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, when I had the match, it was uh, myself and Sky High against Suavecitos and Adrian Quest. Uh, yeah. After that, I had gone to the bathroom at, at FSW. And when I came out, there was a guy who, who was visiting from the East Coast who, who runs a company, and he wanted all my information, so I exchanged it with him. And then two weeks later, on the 5th, when I faced uh, Sky High and myself again against Last Camera Fact, he had brought another one of his friends out who also runs a wrestling company on the East Coast. So it's like we've been with more confidence. I plant more seeds with people, which in turn around help me get out there more. Yeah. Um, for for you in terms of the business aspect of things, um, how difficult is it? Because I really never have really kind of asked this to anyone in terms of thinking about merchandising trying to you know um get your best payout as well of course and then trying to budget like okay if i need to travel to california this is what i need to make it worth my while how has that aspect been from you because you you came into wrestling at a good position a lot of guys you know they come in when they're 18 19 20 and all it's about is you know them being a quote-unquote wrestler but you mm -hmm. come you came into it with already having a background of you know military training and that gives you a little more maturity looking at the business end of it knowing that this is a profession not just you know a way to be quote-unquote famous um Mm -hmm. What has that been for you in terms of, you know, time, trying to do things like create new merchandise and and, um, and keep everything fresh as well for the, the audience? Um, so, like, when it comes to my merchandise, like the, the, the logos and everything, most of them lately are either funny catchphrases that came out one time at a party. I was like, oh, I'll make that a shirt. Like the eat, beat, skeet, yeet. Yeah, that that happened while I was at a party, um, <laughs> and now it's now now it's yeet season, um, and then like the extreme thickness one that was a merge of the sour boys tagging and the, and the lemon drop sour dude's face and an afro like we just like I found different things I have done and just put them together. Yeah. Um, and like, at first I was like, everyone has all these shirts with these cool logos. I was like, I want this, but I didn't want to copy them. I didn't want it to be anything close to what they were doing. So I was like, Hmm, let's try this one. So uh, I had, uh, Ray, Ray Basura, I, I, I bet you his last name every time, <laughs> uh, make me the, the extreme thickness logo. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna put that out there. I'm gonna see how it does. And it did really, really well. And I was like, all right, let's put the Shade Brigade out there. Now, like, the Shade Brigade logo, is this the logo of a THC on an edible? Yeah. <laughs> so I put it out there. I was like, that was a big hit. I was like, all right, let's amp it up some more. And so, like, now I have 
13 different designs that came out within a year and a half. <laughs> and like, I've still yet to see anyone else's designs close to it, similar, anything like that. Right. That's, I think that's one of the things that's really, um, it, it, a lot of, a lot of times guys struggle with that aspect of it and finding that, you know, that niche of how they can make that extra cash. Um, and it's important too, because whether it be, you know, sometimes you use merchandise money for paying your dues for your training, you know, mm. um, when you look at how you want to move your career forward and you already have a good business sense of it, you already have a good, um, performance sense of it as well what would you say right now in the back of your mind is the is the missing ingredient right now what do you think you can improve on that would potentially take you to the next level uh my mic skills sure. like um, i've always had a problem with with believe it or not i've had a problem with talking um but it was because I always thought, like, when, when cutting promos, like, you have to talk like this. It's a CNN news, blah, 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 blah. And I just couldn't do that. For, for the longest, couldn't do that. And then, like, everyone I knew was, was like, talking like that. And I was like, and it's working for them. Like, especially Greg Romero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that guy. I was yeah. like, how did they? And so, um, Wes told me, we're gonna cut a promo on on these two. I think we could, we could cut a random promo on uh, on Shaggy and Austin Hunter, and we did it in a trash talking type of way, not like we're like we have to memorize anything. Because he goes, right. "We just got to what we're doing, who we're doing it to, when and why." And this whole time that we're bagging on him to talking crap, whatever. And I did that. He goes. So how was that? I was like, oh, that's easy. I do it daily. He goes, you just got to do that here, like with your wrestling and the stuff you say during your matches. That's all it is. I said, huh. So like, I'm getting better at it, but like it, it's, it's still difficult. Um, I think one of the best promos I've done recently was the one I, I cut on uh, Jay Vidal for the 26th. Oh. Let me let me ask you about that. Um, you know, Jay <clears throat> Jay got you know trained by Gangrel, and he comes this way because FSW he heard is you know that kind of next level stepping ground, right? Uh, um, and within a year now he's you know just over a year I, I guess um, he's really made a name for himself. Um, He's come a long way from being, you know, that shy, that shy kid. He's he's embracing everything. So you guys get to main event um, the uh, Big Valley Wrestling Loud and Proud. It's uh, June twenty sixth. It supports the LGBTQ uh, Center of Southern Nevada. So it's an important cause. Um, you know, those of us in that community just enjoy the fact that there are now opportunities to bring awareness and to also bring money to these very important organizations, especially those who help um, those in the community who don't have the resources, who don't have the support. How important is it for you guys to go out there, not only have fun, but to deliver essentially that message of you know we support everything that it stands for everything this uh you know the center stands for everything that the uh, community stands for is it something that you guys will feel almost proud being able to main event um you know, something as important like that is, is that a sense of pride for you guys? It's a giant honor that we, that, that, that we are uh, given this opportunity to do this. Um, 
did I ever think I'd ever like main event anything like this? No, I thought I'd just you know just be another match on the card or whatever you know. And the fact that I've been selected to do that uh, the the twenty sixth, the one on the twentieth, yeah. which Jay is, Jay is also at, yeah, um, it's 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 like. <sighs> What word can I use? For, for some reason, astronomical pops in my head. Sure, but uh, it's it's like a, a it's, it's a great feeling. It's a warm feeling, and I I do feel a sense of pressure to like go out there and and do what I do best. But I also have that confidence to know that I have no problem going out there and doing my best. Yeah, and. At the end of the day, my biggest goal is to make the fans go home happy, make them remember me, and have them come back. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's uh, – boy, if if you're a performer in any area of performance, if that isn't your goal, then you shouldn't be doing it because I think that <laughs> that's – that is um, – it's so important. I, I think a lot of uh, – a lot of guys forget that the fan base, it in the moment, a lot of times with matches, it's in the moment. You're feeding off of what the fans are giving you. But then after the matches are done, now you're, you're hawking your goods, right? And then it just becomes this cycle of the feeling of... Um, the fans are always going to be there. You know, people, I think, get desensitized to the fact that the fans are so important in terms of, let's say, if you had an injury that stopped you from being able to perform in the ring, you want those fans to still be around and follow you and know what you're doing because most likely, you know, you'll always be a performer in some sense. And I mm-hmm. think that's that's so important that you know people forget that hey the whole goal here is to embrace the idea that even if it's ten people who are my diehard fans, those are the people who I know will always support me even if I you know go out and have a shit match or you know go out and I'm wrestling a two hundred five live match you know. It's just that that feeling of having the eyes on you and being able to give to them so that as a fan, we don't have to think about, you know, the fact that you're working two jobs or three jobs to make ends meet. And that's very important. What is it that you bring to the table that you think draws the fans to you? and keeps the fans in your corner and supporting you? Uh, I think it's my charisma. Sure. Um, either charisma or my random hair, hair color changes. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's... I, 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 I'm going to say charisma because, like, everyone has their own form of it, but mine's always over the top. Sure. Like, even like if I know I'm about to go out here and get my butt kicked for two minutes and the match is over, I'm gonna come out of that curtain like it's the main event. Like every title's on the line, and I like and, and I know I'm winning. Yeah, I want everyone to come on this roller coaster ride with me because when they're on the ride, they're, they they stay engaged. They're like, okay, what's on the next ride? What's gonna happen now? He just did this. What's his next step? Yeah, that's very um that's very telling because again, you know, you can just go down to a ring and wrestle a match, which okay, you could be a very good wrestler, but if no one's buying into what you're doing because you're not buying into it, then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um as we uh as we get we get a little long here, so I'm gonna kind of uh uh kind of start a wrap up let me ask you when you're not working on your ring skills your mic skills you know working on your career how do you just 
chill out, man. What what are some of the things you like to do to just kick back and and kind of like I said, you you give the fans an escape. What is your escape from your career? Um, I love video games. I love sports video games. So if I'm not like so when I, like when I leave here, I'm I'm home. I'm playing Madden, NBA 2K, Grand Theft Auto, Mine, trying to play Minecraft, losing horribly, getting lost. Uh, or I'm on the basketball court playing basketball. Uh, I, I used to coach football. Wow. Um, as soon as that comes back, I'll start doing that again. And then sleep when I find time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I can sleep in my I'm ready to sleep, but my brain's like, let's go do something. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I need sleep for tomorrow. I need sleep for this weekend. Like, let me get some sleep, brain. <laughs> oh, that's that's it's such a true thing where you get yourself in trouble because the brain won't shut down. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you, uh, basketball-wise, who who was is was your favorite player? Um. This might make a lot of people upset. This might make the Laker community hate me. Just know, please don't hate me. Um, the people who got me hooked with, with, with the, for the Lakers was Shaquille O'Neal and Ron Ortest, or World Meta, or Meta World Peace, whatever his <laughs> current name is, and uh, Derek Fisher. Sure. And the thing with Derek, it was a shot because like he didn't shoot it at the hoop; he like shot it up. <laughs> And then it came down in the hoop. <laughs> I was like, "I was just shooting rainbow shots. Yeah. This is dope. <laughs> like they, they drop every time." Yeah. But it, it was them who were like, "Okay, I'm gonna be a Laker fan." And like, sure. Don't tell Fresco this because he's gonna use it against me. If Shaq and them were on the Clippers, I'd be a Clippers fan. <laughs> like if those three. I was like, "Oh, I'm a Laker fan." <laughs> but. Fresco right now is on a high horse because the Lakers are eliminated and this Clippers are currently, I think they're still in the run currently. Yeah, I forgot what they did the other night, but they were, oh, they, so I think the last I saw they were like, uh, it was 2-1 that uh, they were down to the Jazz, but and they might play tonight or they played yesterday. But it's okay. it's But it's very interesting that you say that because I spent 20 years in LA and um, I grew up in Chicago. And my first exposure really as a, as a kid was bird and and magic and that rivalry going on and the waning years of Kareem and uh, Dr. J. Mm -hmm. So that was my foundation. Magic is still by far one of my favorite, not only players, but people. Right. And of course, being in Chicago, then Jordan explodes. So I kind of had the good, the good, uh, you know, being a fan of the Lakers and then being a local Bulls fan because of, you know, you can't deny when you see greatness, you can't deny it. Mm-hmm. And, and then moving to L.A. and getting to see, you know, Kobe, Shaq, uh, Derek Fisher, one of my favorite, two of my favorite guys, Rick Fox and Robert Ory absolutely phenomenal because those are the guys i gravitated to when i played a little basketball is you know more of a, a a tough uh you know kind of punch them in the mouth style and you know guys who will hit that clutch shot um because the star trusts in them and it's kind of also a philosophy in in wrestling and that is if you are so over and you're in the ring with another person. Sometimes you have to pass that ball and let that other person get that moment. And I think a lot of guys kind of forget that, you know, it's mm-hmm. because it's you're all on the same team essentially. But guys, because of the way the business is structured, essentially will look out for themselves sometimes more than looking out for the whole picture. Do you think? Uh, you know, being a part of like FSW, being a part of Big Valley, being part of Versus, do you think that foundation of everyone working together, especially because 
a lot of the guys intertwine between the three companies. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you look at in a leadership sense, uh, especially, you know, in versus um, being the level up champion? Is that something that's important to you to make sure that you set an example for the other guys of, hey, I know you want yours, but you got to look at the big picture. Yeah. Um, I've had, I've had to talk with a few wrestlers at versus about that. Cause like they got a match and they want this, want this, want this, but they don't fully understand the process it takes. Right. And, and I think after they go through the process and they achieve what they want, they'll, they'll understand it better of like, Oh, it's, it's better this way. Like they'll get a better reaction to certain things than just going and like, like for example, like um, say King Croc came in this weekend and he, he wanted a championship match against me right away. And then say he was, but he wants another, another rematch. I was like, but like, there was no build to it. You just walked right. in onto the match. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing that you know the the whole idea is um, essentially too. If you're the lead singer of the band, that's great. But without the band behind you, all you're doing is standing on stage singing a cappella, and no one's really listening. You know, yeah. so yeah, that's that's awesome to see that you're you know you're. In a sense, you're you're that leader that is very valuable, especially you know when you got a guy like Wes who is you know got fifty thousand other things to think about as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's 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 amazing to hear you realizing that you know this is. Uh, something that you're passionate about and you want to make sure is good and other people love it so that more people will follow it and enjoy it. And, um, I want the listeners and and anyone watching, uh, who may not have gotten to know you yet, may not have seen your work. What is your social media handles so that they can start following you and kind of get a taste of what shade is all about? Okay. So on Facebook, it's the shade. On TikTok, it's the shade. On Instagram, it's the x it's the underscore e x x t r a underscore shade. I had to think about it because I just changed it. And on Twitter, it used to be the same, but I got locked out of that one, so I had to make a new one. It's now the shade real, r e a l. And then coming soon, I'll have more stuff on my YouTube. Um, you can find the YouTube under the shade as well, but I do have most, I've my wrestling matches, even my bad ones. Like I, I keep those on there on purpose. Keep myself humble. Like, hey, used to be this guy. Calm down. Sure. Um, and, but I'll be posting vlogs and be starting back up again soon that I'm traveling again, but I'm, I'm posting something new on at least three of those a day. And that's awesome, man. I think that your connection with the audience in that sense with fans is spectacular because of the fact that you're very aware of it. You're very passionate of what you're doing and you have that, um, like you said, that charisma that really, you know, I think makes people pay attention. And that's something sometimes that I, I think that there are guys who are, amazing in terms of their skills in the ring but if you don't have that charisma if you don't have that it factor then you're just another guy and you never go anywhere and you know for for your what five five years uh now or so since 2016 man you've you've done a lot in a smaller amount of time man and it's uh It's great to see. Um, any final thoughts for uh, the listeners uh, that you'd like them to know? And, uh, uh, you know, is there any anything that stands out to you that 
you you want to share with uh, people so that they, you know, get more excited um, about what you're doing, man. If the, if you guys decide to, uh, to train to be a professional wrestler, the biggest thing I have to say is two things. Make sure it's what you really want. And two, don't quit. It's going to get hard. It is. It's just, it, it, it happens. Yeah. You just have to become stronger and keep at it. Um, don't listen to the naysayers and negative people. Don't listen to promoters that say you can only work certain places until they put you on a contract. You can work wherever you want. And yeah, I love it. I love it, man. I'm glad you, you know, we've, we finally got a chance to sit down and talk a little bit here. And, uh, of course, um, you know, anything you ever, you know, have going on, please you know, hit us up. We'll put it out there for you. Um, and fans, please, please get to know the shade because I'm telling you when I look at, um, the potential, it just makes me excited to know that there's so much more in front of you that it's the, the world is endless for you right now, man. And I can't wait to see how you take it to that next level because what you've done so far has been such an engaging, uh, fun character and a fun time that, um, man, I, I really would love to see, you, you know, in, uh, in that uh, PC center. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> season down to Florida. <laughs> Seriously, man. I just, I, that would be wonderful. So, uh, again, keep it up, um, and keep your spirits up, man. Because like you said, sometimes you have the, the highs and lows, but you gotta stick with it. You know, if you, if you quit, that's the, the, uh, the worst thing you can do is quit on yourself. And I don't, I don't see you as a quitter, uh, and uh, I, I really can't wait to see, man. Everything is looking up uh, for uh, the shade, man. And uh, proud of you, and proud of uh, what you've done uh, for the fans of Vegas so far. So, looking forward to the next chapter, man. Yes, sir. Awesome, and everyone listening, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.